Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Hey ladies, how are you? Welcome to Sisterhood. Love y'all so much. And y'all, we have ladies in the chapel. So let's say hello to the ladies in the chapel. We love you. We're so glad you're here. We've prayed for each and every one of you. We've been praying for weeks, actually, for this night. And I don't know if you could feel it during worship, but God is already here. He's already doing work in our hearts. And it is just a beautiful sight to see all your faces. Wow. Y'all, today, 21 years ago, I got married. It's my wedding anniversary today. So this time, 21 years ago, I was on my honeymoon. Isn't that fun? And he's still my best friend. I still love him just like I met when I first fell in love with him. I met him when he was my husband. His name is Earl. And we have the honor and privilege of pastoring this church together. And I met him when he was 18 years old. 18. And even then, he's the most um, humble, down-to-earth. And back in college, everyone, like still to this day, everyone loves him because how can you not? But all the faculty, all the teachers, the president, everyone was just in love with him because he's such a good guy. And I fell in love with him because he was so humble. He would always just say, I'm just Earl. I just love people. I just love Jesus. And he's still that way today. And I'm so happy to be married to him. But he is a little bit upset that I planned sisterhood on our anniversary. Oopsie. But we're going out to dinner tomorrow night. So I'm going to make it up to him. But with that said, yes, yes, yes. Married life is the best life. <laughs> yes, 21 years, still going strong. Yes. Yep. Woof, woof. Yes. But we are in a series as a sisterhood. We've been studying the fruit of the spirit. And last time we talked about kind of an overarching message. We really camped out in Galatians 5. And today we're going to camp out on peace. We all need peace. Who can use more peace in their life? I think all of us can. <clears throat> it says in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And today we're just going to camp out on peace. Because, and if you hear my voice, it sounds raspy. I have a cold, but I'm just going to preach past my cold. Is that okay? Awesome. And I have cough, a cough drop in my pocket if I need it. <laughs> I came prepared. But with that said, we are going to focus on peace tonight because here's the deal. In our nation, in our country, in our relationships, in our world, there is a fight for peace. Everywhere you go, it's trying to make you lose your peace, lose your joy, and forget how to just rest in him. You can't drive in traffic without trying to lose your peace. You can't be in line at a store. You can't be online and then get Get your cart disappears. <laughs> That's first world. But how many has that ever happened to you? When you're online, you get some stuff. And one time I was on Forever 21's website. They have this cute red sling purse that I want. And I put it in my cart, and my cart disappeared. But I know that's first world. But there's more important things that try to steal our peace and our joy. But I feel like we're in a battle just as a, in our world uh, to rob us of our peace and our joy. And so I thought, how appropriate for us to just camp out on peace because we all need it. 
And I was, as I was studying and thinking about peace, I was reminded that peace, the war for peace starts in our mind. And just like there's wars going on in all over the world, I remember I was, someone invited Earl to Iraq. And I said, babe, I don't think you should go. It's not peaceful there right now. But I think that we have more wars going on in our mind. And when I was praying for each and every one of you, there's these little dreams that kids have. Little kids, usually they're called night terrors. Has anyone ever heard of those? And they wake up and they're just scared, saying crazy things. And I feel like in our minds, we have mind terrors during the day that just don't happen at night, that distract us and try to get us off course. But today, we're going to unwrap, unpack perfect peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And what I learned when I was studying this, because I don't know if I've ever just, I've read peace scriptures over myself, I've studied about peace, but I don't know if I've ever just camped out and peeled back the layers of peace. But what I learned is peace is not circumstantial. It's not based on your circumstances. I feel like I've spent my whole 40-something years of my life trying to set the table, trying to get things just right to make things peaceful. But what I learned as I was studying is peace does not even come from our circumstances. Peace comes from Christ and Christ being with us. So you can be going through a storm and still have peace because Christ is with you. You can be going through a battle and still have peace because Christ is with you. You can have debt from school loans, Sally Mae, anybody with me, and still have peace with you. Peace is not based on your circumstances. Tell somebody next to you that because we need to know it. Yeah. I wrote this down in my notes. Stop waiting for what's around you to change. Because you can't wait for that to change. Yes, it will change. Yes, God has a plan and purpose for your life and your situation. But don't wait to have peace then. We need peace even when our situation hasn't changed. And that's the thought that really just convicted me. Because I feel like all my life I've been searching for peace. I'm always reading peace scriptures always trying to make situations feel peaceful, be peaceful, when really, peace never left. God just is, wants to teach us to recognize peace. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Thank you, Eric. I hear you. <laughs> we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Trials are coming you're probably in a trial. You probably have family, friends that are facing a trial. But I have good news. Even until your situation changes, even until your trial makes, runs its course, you can still have peace. Isn't that the best news? You don't have to wait till the breakthrough. You can, peace can be your breakthrough. I love that. As I was studying about this scripture, it said that the def, one of the meanings of peace, which I'm not going to go the definition just yet, but you can be alone, but not alone. So that means you can be single and want a boyfriend, and part of you thinks, I, don't ha I won't have peace until I meet that man. But when you understand peace, you can, yes, you're alone, your situation has not changed, but you don't have to feel alone. Does that make sense? You can be troubled and in a troublesome situation, but you can still have peace. And the Bible talks about that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And I'm going to read that scripture to us. Isaiah prophesied it. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, 
and the government will be on his shoulders. Jesus, this is Jesus prophesying his birth. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He's our Wonderful Counselor. Our Mighty God. Whatever weight you have, whatever strain, it's not too heavy for him because he is a mighty God in the chapel, y'all. He's a mighty God to you in the balcony. He's a mighty God to us on the floor. He's our everlasting father and our prince of peace. Here's the deal. Jesus is with you. He loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he wants to hold your hand through whatever storm or situation you're facing. He's never left. He just wants to teach us to recognize his peace and his presence. Because he was on the boat. He went through storms. People betrayed him. But you can still have peace even in the midst of life happening. And I've, I don't know about you, but I've spent too much time waiting for life just to be all lined up. But I want to spend more time learning how to be peace when th peaceful when things don't line up. Because we live in the real world. And the biblical definition of peace is so different than just stillness and calmness and everything being quiet. Listen to this definition, y'all. And if you're taking notes, write this down. The biblical definition of peace is to join or bind together. Get ready, y'all. That which has been broken, divided, or separated. Just marinate on that for a second. That's the biblical definition of peace. It's deeper than just calmness. To join or bind together that which has been broken or disjointed, divided, or separated. And I really feel like there's things that try to hijack our peace, that try to steal it. I feel like our peace is always, I don't know about you, but I, you feel like your peace is always under attack. And I want to point out tonight and just camp out on some things so that you can be alert of things that are trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your joy, trying to make you lose your mind. One of the peace hijackers is, as I, I was praying for each of you, I've been praying ever since we knew this night was happening. And God showed me that something that prevents us from just understanding peace, recognizing peace, sensing his peace, something that tries to hijack it is the spirit of abandonment. That spirit tries to prevent you and blind you from understanding peace. So many of us have felt abandoned or been abandoned. A boyfriend just out of the blue that broke up with you, a husband that cheated on you, a family member that walked out on you, a friendship that you lost, just abandoned, just shipwrecked, just forgotten. But we have serve a God and we have a heavenly father who knows what it feels like to be abandoned. And he was preparing his disciples before he went to the cross. And this is what he said. Jesus answered them. Do you finally believe John 16, 33? We're talking about peace hijackers. One of them, the spirit of abandonment. It says here, do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it. So even Jesus' friends abandoned him, ran for it. So he knows what that means to feel forgotten. He knows what that means to feel like leftovers. He knows what that means to not feel valuable. But that is one of the many reasons why we have sisterhood. We want every woman to know, no matter her size, her situation, her circumstance, her, her skin color, that she is loved, that she is valued, that she's believed in. And you are loved and valued because you have a Savior who died on the cross for you. And we want to lift the ceiling. We want to flip the switch. We want to change the way women do relationships. There's no gossiping here. 
And if we do, we call it out. No backbiting. We celebrate. We celebrate size 52 or 62 or the highest size that there can be. All my ladies with curves, what, what? And we celebrate our girls that no matter what they eat, they don't have curves. We love anybody and everybody. But there's really, I have friends that way that just can eat whatever and it just, just disappears. But that's okay. But we celebrate every single woman, no matter her season or her circumstance. We love them, we value you, and we believe in you. And y'all, that's not every place you go. You don't feel that sometimes when you go into stores. You don't feel that sometimes at the gym. You don't feel that sometimes at work. That's why nights like tonight are so important because I feel like some of us have never seen healthy girl relationships. And so God is rewriting on your heart what sisterhood really means. It's a girl gang who's got your back, who's praying for you, who's cheering you on, who believes in you. Back to abandonment. Jesus is talking to his friends and he says, do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skin and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. So even if you've been walked out on, you're not abandoned. Even if your family doesn't talk to you, you're not abandoned. Wow. The Father is with me. That's why you're not abandoned. That's why you can have peace, because Jesus is with you. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable. Everybody say unshakable. And assured and deeply at peace. Screenshot that scripture. Remind yourself when those lies come your way that you do not, you have not been abandoned because your father is right there with you. And as I was studying this and I was thinking about the, because I, when you work on a message and when you study it, you have to look at your own heart to think, okay, do I have an issue with the spirit of abandonment? And to tell you a little piece of my story, I was raised by a single mom. My mom and dad fell in love. He was in college. He was on a track scholarship and decided, you know what? I'm just going to abandon my post as a dad. I'm going to finish school. So my mom raised me by herself. And as I was growing up, I don't remember feeling, where's my dad? Why is my dad not around? I think my mom kind of covered for him really well. But as I got older and I would go to weddings and I would see fathers give their daughters away, that's when I realized, oh, this is what I've been missing out on. But I still just kind of went along with my life. But I had a father figure. His name was Fred. And I have a picture to show you from my wedding day because it was actually my Uncle Fred who gave me away at my wedding. So that's my Uncle Fred. And there's Earl. Look how cute. He was only 21. He was a baby. I'm a cougar. I'm much older. So, um, but my Uncle Fred, he is actually in heaven. He passed away from cancer. And I feel like that's when I first felt abandoned because I think he kind of covered, my mom kind of covered, and then all of a sudden I didn't feel safe anymore. Does that make sense? And as I was studying this about abandonment, it brought me freedom, realizing I'm not alone. Christ is always with me. He never left. He just wants me to learn to recognize him. So even if someone has walked out on you, because I think sometimes you go through life and then the trouble that you're facing or have faced doesn't hit you till a circumstance happened. So I didn't realize it until my Uncle Fred died. But I think even to this day, sometimes when a male friend in my life lets me down, I take it really hard. But I think it's because God's doing work on me. So I thought that I was free from abandonment. But as I've been studying, I feel like I got a whole new layer of freedom. Hey, peace. So that's a little part of my story. 
But the good news is, is even when all that crazy stuff was happening when I was growing up, he was always there. And his grace is so sufficient. Another hijacker of peace is perfectionism and comparison. That will try to steal your peace and steal your joy. Hey, girls, I'm going to be your mom for a second or your aunt or your older sister or your daughter because sometimes you have to hear it from the younger too if you're older. Stop comparing yourself. You are beautiful exactly how you are. Stop. Yes, clap for that. You're beautiful. And stop trying to be perfect. So many of us are killing ourselves trying to be perfect. And that is caught, that's hijacking your peace. You don't have to be perfect. There's only one person that's perfect. His name is Jesus Christ. And we can't, I've said this before, but we can't measure ourselves up against friends that we see on social media. Social media is not real. You take, yes, it's not. There's some parts of it that are, but you take, me included, 20 pictures before you find the one that you like. (laughs) True story. We all do it. We all do it. So you can't base what you see about families, even what you see about kids, what you see about parenting, what you see about exercise. You can't always, that can't be your Bible. Yes, you can get inspired. It can be an awesome tool. I um, call myself, I've said this before, I'm like a social media sleuth. I can read behind the lines. So I'm not mad about it. But I'm just saying don't let that be your mirror or your guide because most of it isn't real. So take the pressure off yourself. Tell the girl next to you, you don't have to be perfect. So just take a deep breath because there's no perfect mom There's no perfect student. There's no perfect single person. There's no perfect girl boss. Nobody's perfect. I'm far from perfect. I'm up here with the sniffles, struggle street. No one is perfect. We all have our crazy days. We all sometimes say things we wish we didn't say. And so I just want you to know I'm not perfect as yes, as much as I'm in love with my husband, my marriage is not perfect. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves, we're human, but we just are quick to apologize. So just know, there's no standard here except for to fall more in love with Jesus. And then as you fall more in love with him, he peels off the stuff that needs to be peeled off. Also, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Another hijacker of peace is fear and anxiety. It will try to paralyze you and rob you blind of your peace. But I have some scriptures for you for anyone who's dealing with fear and anxiety. Roman 8, 6, because it all starts in our mind. So let your sinful nature control, when you let your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of us need to start letting the spirit control our mind? Not those thoughts, not those lies. Most of the, if it's negative, it's not true. It's a lie. And we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So whatever you're worried about right now, whatever is weighing you down, give it to him. Give it to him. Tell God exactly what you need. Spell it out. Then thank him for what, he was, what he's done. Sometimes when you find yourself getting in a funk, you just got to stop and remember what you're thankful for. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace, and I'm praying that this happens to every one of us, will guard your heart and your mind, 
and your lives in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm praying. I want you to pray that for the girl on the, your right and on your left. His peace, may it guard her heart and her mind as she lives in Christ Jesus. It says in verse John 4, 8, perfect love casts out all fear. His love for you is perfect. It's perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. My message isn't even memorized. I couldn't memorize it. But God told me, you know what? I'm doing the work tonight. You don't have to do the work. I'm doing it. I'm reading his word and his promises over you, and he's the one performing heart surgery, not me. So just let his words minister to you. As we get our peace and try to keep it, there's some things that we need to do. We need to search for it. It's our birthright as a Christian to have peace. It says here in Ephesians 2, 13 through 14, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Man, take some screenshots of these scriptures, y'all, because we live in a real world. Don't look for peace out in your circumstances because your circumstances change. So that means you're going to feel like you don't have peace often. Peace is found within. All hell can be breaking loose around you, but peace comes from within because it's Christ within you, the hope of glory. So that means you can be going through a breakup and still have peace. That means you can be navigating health challenges and still have peace. That means you can be worried about your kids and still have peace. That means you can have financial issues and still have peace because he will never leave you or forsake you. You think about when you lose your phone, it's the worst feeling. It is, or when you have 1% left. In your mid-text message, that is, has ever happened when you're in the middle of a text message and you're trying to race the clock before it goes out? But then you go to look for your phone when you lose it, and then you realize you've had it all along? That's what peace is. You've had it all along. God wants to teach us how to recognize it. It is with you. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So I said, search for it. Then, this scripture I love, Psalm 34, 14. Wow. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. That means you have to be aggressive. I have grave roots coming in around my crown, so I have to work to maintain all this black hair. I got to work. I got to have my roots dyed. I choose to. I know I don't have to. I know that Grace Gorgeous, my mother-in-law, Diane Umana. I love you, Nana, wherever you are. We call her Nana. She's all gray, and it looks fierce. But I feel like it's not time for me to be gray yet. It's not time. Anybody got time for that? So I have to maintain my hair to not have gray. We have to maintain our hearts and our lives to continue to recognize peace. You can't watch anything, do anything, put yourself in any situation. You have to work to maintain it because you have to learn to recognize it. But I'm hoping I'm helping somebody today because I feel like most of us live in the real world. Most of us live in the world of doctor's reports. Most of us live in the world of wondering, God, what's my purpose? What's the plan you have in my life? Most of us live in the world of real life, but recognize and knowing that peace is with you that it's never left you, will help you all the days of your life. It's helping me. I love this. Work to maintain it. Love this one. Also, love peace. Learn to love it and to celebrate it. Psalm 37, 37. 
Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. May we be women who love peace and avoid drama. May we be women who speak life, who strengthen each other, who encourage each other. May we be women who build up and not tear down. We are peacemakers. We are peacemakers. Another thing with peace is to wear it. It says in Ephesians 6.15, for shoes. How many people love shoes? I love shoes. All kinds. All kinds. Ephesians 6.15, I do love, I am going through an ankle boots phase where I can't just get enough of wearing ankle boots, but I love all shoes. Ephesians 6.15, for shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you are fully prepared. That means keep those shoes on every single day. Just like most of us don't walk around barefooted when we leave the house, we put on our shoes. Think of peace as your shoes. Think of peace as a garment, as of clothing, something that you're just like, I can't live without it. I want to learn to appreciate it. I want to learn to maintain it. I want to learn to understand a deeper level of peace because God needs us as his daughters to walk above the storm, to live above circumstances, to see things changing all around us because here's the deal. Life is so unpredictable. But if we can learn to navigate even when things don't turn out the way we planned, if we can learn to recognize that peace is with us, it has never left us. His name is Jesus Christ, and he loves you, and he adores you, and he believes in you, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so he, I feel like if Christ, he's here. I was going to say if he were here, he would say this, but he's already here. But I feel like he's been saying, I'm here all along. I have never left you. I have never forsaken you. I'm so sorry for the bad things that happened to you. I'm so sorry for the bad words that were spoken over your life. But old things are passed away and all things have become new. And tonight I'm believing that he's renewing minds, that he's performing heart surgery on your hearts, broken hearts being mended back together, being strengthened, being encouraged, being made whole. We're going to worship a little more. Because as I was praying and preparing for this night, I felt like two things that God wanted to break off of our lives. And the thing about I get to go first, I get to go through the stuff that I talk about before I talk about it to y'all. And so I dug deep as I was working on this. And I said, God, whatever abandoned issues I have, break them off me, even if I don't know that they're there. Whatever fears and anxieties that I have, break them off of me in the name of Jesus. So I'm going first. I'm jumping in. Who's going to jump in with me? The water may be cold. Your hair may get wet. But there's a God here tonight. And there's a canopy of his peace, of his glory, of his grace that wants to pour out on you like never before. He wants to flood you with rivers of living waters. And here's the thing. Tonight, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for anybody who's dealing with, with fear and 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.